Emma is a true inspiration to women in fitness business and continues to champion for all women to go hard on their goals. As my guest for episodes 11 and 12, Emma shares how her experiences have shaped her and provides amazing tips for seamlessly and sexily navigating your way through to your dream life. Emma is a global fitness authority and stays at the cutting edge of businesses in fit tech, well tech and health tech. Emma is also the co-founder and chief creative soul at Good Soul Hunting, an executive search brand that specializes in purpose-driven health and wellness startups. Emma and I go way back, and so I invite you to tune in to episode 11 to find out why I rate Emma as a first-class guest for Sexy Aging. All right, so here we are in episode 11 of Sexy Aging, and um, this has been a long time in the making because Emma doesn't realize, or maybe you do realize, but um, I think it was two years ago, I did some coaching with you, and I very, like I was embarrassed at the time when I said, "Um, I think I want to do a podcast, (laughs) (laughs) and you made me write it down. And so I don't know if you remember this, but you emailed me back the list of all the things that we spoke of and the actions that I was going to take. And you did indicate some timelines as well. And I also did say to you, I see myself doing something like this in about two years when I feel that there'll be a change or there'll be a there'll be um, content in my head that I really want to communicate and share. Um, So I'm kind of throwing that on you. But thank you, because here we are. Look, you're so welcome. And that's what I love about you, Chase. When when you get your list, boy, does that stuff happen. That's always been the thing about you. It's always been the thing we're, we're inspired by you for. So congratulations. And, you know, I've been listening along and these are just amazing. So much needed. And your voices, I mean, you, you've got lots of lots of listens already, right? Yeah, I'm, so heading up to, to 3,000 downloads. Well, it's crazy. It's I, don't, I don't even know how the whole podcast thing works. I just thought if I think about it too much... You know, it's not going to get done. It's not going to be perfect, blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't usually go that well that quickly. So you're clearly doing something right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the conversations that people desperately want to hear. And, you know, I'm not the expert on menopause or aging or whatever. I just know that I am, you know, kick-ass fitness person who is really, really inspired and interested in what's happening to the body and the mind. And I just want to talk to people about that. And so I'd rather just bring in other people that inspire me and experts. Um, I've got some really good experts coming up in future episodes to really kind of break down a few things physically for us. But I think, you know, the three parts that I want to talk about, body, mind and soul. And so today's episode with Emma is we're going to be um, embracing the soul and boy, will she have (laughs) some insights to that. So our connection, um, dear friend, inspiration to me, my biggest cheerleader, I'm yours, fellow Kiwis, Gemini's, share the same birthday, (laughs) can't forget to call each other on our birthdays. Um, what else did I get? Fellow Otago PE alumni <laughs> and Les Millsies. Yeah. And um, and then just, you know, a whole lot of connections in between WIFA and um, oh, and our probably one of the thing, things that really does connect us through the decades is we are slaves to the raves. We are slaves to the raves. We are. That is so true. <laughs> 
But I'd like to hand it over to you now, Emma, to um, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and be unapologetically you, because that's what we're here for, to listen to your amazing inspirational story and your soul. Touch us, please. Oh, thanks, Grace, <laughs> and, and thanks for having me on. And I, I just feel like we're the same person. I mean, you happen to be running around the uh, the shores of New Zealand currently. You come and see me every couple of years in the US and we catch up. We've got kids roughly the same-ish age-ish, so we're sort of going through all those all those things together and I always feel that you're with me actually so um look I'm a Kiwi living in LA um I used to commute to Europe when the planes were running and uh, do a lot of work over there um we've had a lot of fun over here in the US I'm sure you've been following along so it's been a fun four years let's just put it that way um it got pretty hairy there for a while we we did have the the the, the half a feeling of, of going back to New Zealand at some point but uh, we sort of our we asked the kids and we, we we did the whole family thing and we just sort of decided it would probably be a one-way trip if we did that and we weren't quite ready to go back, even though we do adore to go back and, and spend time there. So, look, I was actually born in London, so I, I have many, many what I consider hometowns and that's probably... I'm so comfortable wherever I am around the world. And like you, Trace, I've just got so many deep friendships. I make friends fast. I make friends at the supermarket. I make friends hopping on planes. I make friends anywhere, the gas station, whatever. So, and people get close to me quite quickly. So I love that. That's my big love is the journey of travel and, and being a global citizen of the world and picking up stories like you're doing through this podcast. So Born in London, we back, went back to New Zealand. Our dad was a doctor, he was doing some training over there. Went back when I was one, had a wonderful uh, upbringing in New Zealand in the Hawke's Bay, the Bay, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome upbringing and we still go back there regularly. My brother's there at the moment, I believe, and our parents still live there. So wonderful upbringing, went to Otago. We had those fabulous formative, formative years. And in phys ed school before um, everyone got a phys ed school. So we were the phys ed school and we were in the rough um, non-politically correct we were the last year where there was slave sales and you know jumping up and down in wet t-shirts and you know and doing star jumps with you know warming up um what was it toilet seats in the morning for seniors who bought you as slaves like all of this stuff and I I, I remember one of my favorite we have like orientation week right you'll remember this trace and it's yeah just I was actually just talking to Jazz about it and she's like 24 hours later she comes to me and she says so can I study at Otago? And I was oh. like, oh. <laughs> but apparently it's nothing like when we were there. It, so is, it is nothing like that. So it was it was carnage. So just, just to paint the picture for you guys, in the first week, you get sold as a slave. So if you're a first-year physeta, you get sold as a slave to seniors. They pay money for you. You do shit for them basically all week. Then we do all these activities. And one of them was go to this beach, which was an hour and a half away. Then they do things like, you know, remember you had to do Dizzy Lizzie's, run around the, um, you know, the, um, the broom a hundred times, then scull a wine and then eat a pie. And I remember getting back on the bus on the way back and whoever I was sitting next to just vomited that whole jug of wine, the beer, the pie, everything on my lap for the next you know, hour and a half while you make your way back to Dunedin, but carnage. So we come from very rough backgrounds, played netball there. So really you know, active, um, was going to be a defence lawyer, but um, I, I preferred the pub over the library. So funnily enough, that didn't work out. Couldn't quite get that A average all the way through. So look, I ended up, I firmly believe I ended up uh, where I needed to be and that was in the fitness industry. Worked for Les Mills. That was one of our first jobs, Tracy, just teaching aerobics and you bet us into that. You were one of our um, inspirations coming into that. Did that and then moved to Auckland. Always was seeking the big smoke. So at some point, you know, kind of got out of university, wanted to get to Auckland and 
and you know we knew Philip we'd obviously done aerobic champs together another connection which was hilarious and you know the funny story is we wrote Philip that letter and said you know hey you know we're poor students you know you should pay for us to come up because we're awesome you know and he's probably thought who are you precocious little pain in the asses um and we're still like that right and uh, Ruthie P you know Ruthie P had the team you know hot, what, what were they back in the day what was their name um hot legs and we hot were legs. Hot so it was like hot legs. we were hot gossip yeah that's right and then the boys remember black mo and like yeah, yeah. Was, anyway so, um, short story long ended up in Auckland and um you know worked for Philip for a bunch of years did all the fitness things so taught and PT'd and did management so I knew that I always wanted to use my head as well as my body and um then I thought yep I'm off I'm off for the big wide world hey Philip I'm uh, I'd, I'm I'm leaving because I want to travel and I've, I've applied to be um, an e-hostess on in New Zealand. And he's like looking at me going, okay. <laughs> hey, he says, look, we're thinking of doing this pump thing. Do you want to maybe, you know, go to Australia and think about that? So um, said yes. And the rest was history. So, um, you know, did the whole IMT thing with Les Mills, got to see the world. Um, just an experience you can't even put in words you know it we all, we all got to live around the world and meet people and spread this incredible story of and I know that they're just pushing out the earth day to day having just uh, filmed down in Fiordland but you know just to actually create a little ripple around the world that has become the behemoth and the amazing business that it is today touching millions of lives every week in many different ways and just getting started like you, you definitely feel that so I was so blessed to have had the whole ride with Les Mills, like the travel, the people, get in early, build it, uh, watch it professionalise. And, um, and, you know, had a great trip with that. And then, of course, I got that little tap, which this is, I know you're going to ask me later, but I get this little, this restlessness in me. And then I, I kind of need to jump in a bigger pond uh, just to see if I can, you know, swim or if I'll drown. I, I have this, this thing that pulls me into those slightly uncomfortable situations. And, I have a, um, I get quite an allergic reaction and people know this about me if we have the same meeting twice. So if, if we are business as usual and doing the same shit quarter after quarter, day after day, month after month, uh, you won't find me in the room for very long because I, I just get, it makes me really irritated. <laughs> so, I, so I have to be early stage. I have to be stepping into something I haven't done before. I have to be around people that are more brilliant than me, that know more than me. And, and I just get stimulated by that. So anyway, um, put up my hand and we were part of the team that went to um, over to America um, to take over the distributorship of Les Mills over there. So I went over, there was a team of about 20 of us, we sort of in and out and sort of uh, headed up the training team there. We built the trainer team back and we stayed there about a year and uh, then ended up going back to New Zealand. But at that point, I thought, gosh, we loved living in California. Of course, you're living in Laguna Beach. Who doesn't love that? Um, and we put our name in a hat, you know, which is basically go for the diversity visa, which is literally a lottery. It's literally like lotto. And um, so anyway, I did that, forgot about that, went back to New Zealand, picked up another job, had another kid, <laughs> you know, hello, Max. And, um, and then I got this, this very annoying American lady kept ringing me one night. She's like, you've won the lottery. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm being spammed. And she kept ringing and kept ringing. And in the end, she's like, you've run a, won a green card, but you've got a year to execute, uh, meaning you've got to be living in America by the end of this one-year window. So I went, oh, yeah, okay. So anyway, Lee and I talked about it, and we thought, well, one of us needs a job because, you know, we can't sort of uproot with three kids into a whole new country and whatever. Couldn't get a job. And we said, oh, look, forget about it. We're not going to go. Um, so then we went for the most beautiful holiday, holiday up at Waipu Cove, north of Auckland, 
we had the front prime beach spot. We were camping. It was just simple life. We had such a beautiful, because business is great. You always get a decent holiday over January, right? We were there and I couldn't sleep a wink, not a wink. And um, as we were driving back to Auckland, there was just dread. There was this physiological response that I talk about that was just coming over me. And I just couldn't, almost couldn't drive across the bridge. And I just said to Lee, I think we have to go to the States. I'm just, I can't. I, I know that we've made the decision not to go. I just, I can't handle it. So he said, right, what are we going to do? I said, right, we're going to Australia. We're going to go and talk to Matt Church, who was a strategist. And he'd take us, taken us through a course previously. So we went over, booked a day with Matt laid up all the scenarios, um, scenario two worked out and five weeks later, we were over in America. So, um, you know, driving around in a big suburban, 10, 10 bags in the back going, okay, kids, which school do you want to go to? We started at Manhattan Beach, which is very expensive. It's where all the, uh, uh, all the sports people okay, live. And we so I'm actually doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but in New Zealand. So yeah. I have a little Mazda, which belongs to Jazz. Um, and I've got three suitcases in there, and apparently, and my title is COVID refugee. So oh, I, I'm right where you are, I and mean, I'm really hoping for good things. <laughs> yeah, I love it, and it's and you know what, you know, even though we didn't know, and we we got a month in, we looked for a month, and Lee and I, we had bits of work that we were finishing off. So I'd do a week here, do a week with the kids, we'd drive around, visit schools, and over here, you can only do one thing at a time. If you don't live in zone you can't go to the school. So we had to find the schools the kids wanted. Then we had to find a house. Then of course we had no credit. Now in the States, if you're not heavily in debt, if you don't have 300 credit cards, if you don't have a social security number, if you don't have friends that you know have names like Trump and Biden and stuff like that, you're nobody. And so we had to put deposits on every single thing. Then we found a wonderful guy and we're actually still living in his house because it's right across the road from the schools. But you, we started getting a bit stressed out. But um, so anyway, did all of that. Um, then um, Philip was kind enough to give me a contract for a year uh, because wild horses couldn't drag our family to live in Baltimore, which is where the Les Mills uh, head office was at the time. And uh, they definitely wanted to be in Cali. So, um, so it sorted all of that out. Um, about nine months later, got picked up by Equinox, which was just an incredible experience. I was commuting to New York uh, every month for about a week. We had half our team here in LA, some in Miami and some in New York, and we just did the programming for the brand. And it was pre-COVID. It was wonderful. I look back, it was such a heyday three years because the brand was on fire. Everything was growing. Um, it, it, was, it was pre all of these times. And I just feel so incredibly blessed to have had that experience and work for such a sweatshirt brand like it's just so elite and out of New York there's just so many things my learning trajectory was like that it was just like out of this world the first event I went to was on Wall Street the top 500 salespeople, and I've never been anything I've never been to anything like it before it was like incredible so so that that really built out my skill set and scared me and Sarah Robbo Hagen was was our CEO at the time and, and she was just incredible she'd walk into the room and just own it and the energy and the innovation and just I learned so much um, so did that for three years and then sort of started getting a bit shoulder tapped you know to come around the world and um, speak and also maybe to work with some other brands and I remember I uh, you, you never want to leave Equinox, but there's, there's a time where you sort of think, um, and I think I, I've told this to you, I didn't want to get too old and tired before I went out and gave, gave a shake around the world, because the world is my equity, actually. Thank you, Les Mills, because when you've traveled everywhere, it's very hard, even though the US is very big. I didn't really like just working here predominantly, which was interesting. So 
yeah, so out around the world. So three or four years ago, I started going out on my own and just picking up contracts and just working on passion projects, things that I absolutely loved and um, could add value to. And again, innovative people, people who don't have the same meeting twice. So I, I don't go very well with tire kickers. And, uh, and that's very linked to my why, which is um, I inspire um, you know, people to be explosively bold, everybody to be explosively bold. So I'm basically a firelighter under people and projects, and that's what makes me happy, you know. So, and then here we are today, you know, we've survived COVID. It's been a shit show here in the US, um, but we've lived in our little bubble and kind of got on, kept it as normal as we could for the kids. And we've actually kept them home from school because we don't believe in them going to school and sitting in masks behind screens and having lunch alone. So screw that, they're sitting at home um, on their own, <laughs> having lunch on their own, but without masks. And they have a pretty healthy uh, social life. So we, yeah, uh, we feed that for them. So oh. that's, that's where we're at. Oh, that's amazing. <clears throat> I'm just in awe, like listening to you. And I know that um, the listeners and people that I've spoken of you and that know that I go to the US <clears throat> specifically to catch up with you as well, they'll be like, holy shit balls, <laughs> listening to that story. And I often share your Sunday shout outs. Oh. Now, when you got started, especially during the COVID, it was like, this could literally be your own comedy show right now. You One day we're going to look back, and well, you're going to look back, we're all going to look back, and we're going to watch the story unfold of Emma through COVID. <laughs> and just, it'll be like episode one, episode two. Um, it was so, so entertaining and so inspiring. And there was also a moment there, I don't know, uh, maybe six months in because <laughs> six months is a freaking long time to not be doing what you know you're supposed to be doing right and you did put out uh, a Sunday shout out and I was like oh <laughs> she okay but what it said was nobody is immune to this experience that we're going through that is making us think about our value systems and what's really important to us where we want to go next and what we want to try next and how we're going to leave a legacy right so that was um if nobody if you if you haven't yet i'm speaking to you listeners and watchers if you haven't yet check into emma's socials on instagram and facebook for her sunday shout outs they are phenomenal i reckon you could do like a binge watch and um, that'd be super fun. <laughs> oh, thank, thanks for the shout out. I've just started doing them for real again, just because I realized that I'm withholding something that I love doing and something that people enjoy. Like I had Mo Hagen ring me up and she's like, where are those Sunday shout outs? She said, I can't walk on a Sunday. She said, it's how I sort of, you know, have my mental health day on a Sunday and kind of, so yeah, I'm, I am doing it. I mean, I'd love to do it a, a little bit more professionally. You know what it's like, Trace, you know, just I getting don't. together. <laughs> No, 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 I don't mean professional. I mean just a little bit more help because during COVID, you know, and I joke about that, but I was literally filming them at one, two in the morning because you know what it's like. I lost all my work during COVID. A lot of people did. So you were hustling to work out who the hell's going to pay me and for what. Otherwise, I'm going home and I'm doing God knows what. You know, it's like, so it became quite desperate. There was a, I think once we got into May and June in the US, it got quite desperate here. Like not only toilet paper was running out, we were actually worried that the food chain was going to get interrupted. And I know it sounds ridiculous in a, in a country the size of the US, but every second person owns a gun. And, um, and if those supermarkets aren't, aren't operating, 
you're about one day away from chaos. Like I'm talking, you, you had that feeling, like we live in a little bubble, but you had that feeling and we were seeing rioting and other stuff happening in other areas. So that shit got really real. And, um, and you know what it's like, we were all being socially conditioned. It was like, and we were all being given different stories because I'd talked to my parents and all you guys or New Zealand, you were back in Southeast Asia at that point, but everyone was having a different experience. Some people were under martial law. Other people were still wandering around. Other people were going, screw this. We're not even believing in all this. We'll do what we want. So there was different feelings, you know, then you watched Italy and France and, you know, Europe's still closed down. I mean, it's devastating. We went to Santa Monica the other day and I kind of wish we hadn't actually, because every second shot was shut. Every place we used to eat at does not exist anymore. Homeless everywhere. And it was just, you know, we're only beginning to understand the ramifications of this. It's just, it was big. So so thank you for that shout out. I, I think I needed to do it for therapy. And I was just so happy that it, it helped people. And I know it helped people because they were literally ringing me, messaging, like just, it, it felt right. It felt right um, to do that. Yeah, I, well, I absolutely loved it. Um, I've got a question for you. So, oh, good. <laughs> so from just from your um, journey that you've explained and shared with us, one of the things that comes up and probably comes up for a lot of people is like when you make a transition or a decision to go to another business or a different opportunity, how do you do that? Like it's, you know, like you get really comfortable and especially if you're in a good wicket, you know, you've got a great job, you've got an awesome network and lots of opportunities within that business or that industry. But then you know that for some reason it's time to go. How do you know and how do you make that decision? Yeah, great, 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 great question. And I think I probably, when I when I look back, um, I trust your body. Uh, and I think that's the, one of the reasons we don't talk about with fitness is when you're really fit, I believe that you're really in tune with your body and it can't hide under layers of, you know, whatever, you know, so like a fine-tuned athlete, they know if there's a wind, they know if they're slightly under the weather, they know kind of if they're operating at 98% today. So I would say always hold on to your body and listen to your body. So in this instance, I mean, when I think of the big changes in my life, so I guess, you know, going to Otago. So I was always going to go to the university that was the furthest away from my parents. Like, you know, I love my parents. They're awesome. We're all good. But, you know, there's, there's a when you're 17 years old and you're like, fuck the world, you're like, get out of my face. I just want to get out there and do some damage, you know. So I was always going to Otago. Then I was always going to Auckland. Then I was always going overseas because my parents had me in London. So I think it was baked into me that the world is really your oyster and get out of there. So I think, and not all of us are the same. I have some very dear friends who've chosen, you know, to spend their life more closer to home. They still travel and stuff, but they definitely, they love New Zealand. They perhaps go to the Gold Coast and Australia, you know, whatever. So, you know, you, you're different. You're differently wired. And I just, I feel there's something in you that tells you. So I think that's the first thing. Then there's clues everywhere. And then there's pleasure and pain. Like, are you pull towards something or is something get so bad that you have to do something about it and for me I talk there's this restlessness and if I don't do something about it and you push me into the corner I actually start swinging and I start um, getting unhappy and it starts coming out of my behavior and my moods and I can I can just tell and then the extreme example was not sleeping on a beautiful holiday where everything should have been perfect I had an amazing job working for an amazing company we had a wonderful house you know three minutes from from work you know the whole thing I'm kind of like what the hell are you doing but none of that made sense to me because the calling the calling to be more or try something else was was bigger 
and it was my brother actually and he sort of said you know we were talking over drinks one Christmas or something and I was whinging and moaning about something he's like oh you know you've you've been moaning about that for a few years now and I took that and I went what I thought that was the first time I'd, I'd voiced that. And so he brought awareness to the fact that actually I was in pain and I needed to move on uh, for whatever reason. So I think listen to your body. And that's why I say keep in touch with your body. Um, then make a decision. And whether you take a step in that direction, you'll know pretty quick if it was right or wrong. I made a decision not to go to America, for example. We went on holiday and my body said, screw you, this is the wrong decision. I'm going to make sure you don't sleep because you are not happy. You know what your life's going to look like if you stay here. And that's not what you want. And so make a decision, be in action, because then in the being in action, it will tell you yes or no uh, in terms of if you've made the right decision. And um, I believe a little bit in choice and I believe a little bit in destiny. And I think you know, I'm a little bit in the middle there and I'm even more shaken up after COVID. You know, I sit here and I, I do all the scenarios, right? Um, it's very hard not to when you live in the US and you know that it's a game. You know, I watch very rich people make things happen and, you know, you know, play their little puppeteering games and things like that. So, yeah, so that's, that's what I would say is just listen to yourself um, and then dream big and then just, just make some steps towards it. And you don't want to be stupid. I mean, I spend a lot of time mentoring people and I don't say leave your job or work it out. You know, I mean, sometimes you build the parachute on the way down, but usually it's like, let's think about this and plan it out because, um, you know, nothing's more humbling when you have no money coming in, especially if you're living in somewhere like California. We have 66 thousand people in this city without homes right now um, and we ended up in Skid Row the other day so it's very easy in this country to end up on the street you know people are like oh homeless you know judgy judgy no most people are one paycheck away from it like because you, you default on your house you are out and out 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 it's it's very unforgiving um, here and that's what I've learned about the big world so listen to your body pleasure or pain know what your dreams are take some steps towards them and then embrace the excitement. Like I think back to the suburban driving around, we were so excited. We had the music up loud, hotel California, like the whole thing, you know, just driving around, just being on a rush of a journey. That's me. That's my top value is journey adventure. So that's what drives me and my poor family. They probably had to come along whether they wanted to or not, but um. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of doing the same. And um yeah, you know, the little white Honda and all the places that we've been. I mean, obviously there are there are moments of, um, oh shit, <laughs> that have come up as well. But I think like what you're saying, my body and the intuition just knows that we're heading in the right direction. And I can see the happiness in my children as well. I can see how relaxed and open they are to the change. Like there's been no trauma or drama about moving back to New Zealand or have, you know, us having made that decision. Decision was made when we arrived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, so the, the return ticket became a one-way ticket. I think we can all agree that one episode with Emma is not enough. We want more. And so I'm excited to share that we have another episode with Emma next week. Tune in then. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed hosting it. 
I love that there are so many generous women willing to share their story and expertise to help and inspire all of us going through the mire of menopause. If you enjoyed this episode, please check the show notes to follow my guest. All their details are there. And if you want to stay connected for further episodes, please like, subscribe, review, and of course share with your friends. It's through your support and feedback that I can continue to produce episodes. Aroha nui.